0: Barrington Air presents The Suits You Podcast. Hello and welcome to the fourth episode of The Suits You Podcast. I'm Tom Wharton, owner and founder of Barrington Air Shirtmaker and tailor. And each week I invite a guest on to discuss their clothing and style. This week I'm in the company of customer and PGA professional golfer Chris Wood. Chris burst onto the scene in 2008 at the Open at Royal Birkdale, shooting the lowest amateur score. He then followed it up the following year after turning professional, finishing third overall at Turnberry. Since then, he has won three tournaments on the European Tour and represented Europe in the 2016 Ryder Cup.
1: That was the point where I really felt this is affecting me because you're walking the fairways, these pristine fairways. People are looking at you. You're trying to compete with the best players in the world. You need to look the part that point, I really felt like it was important to do something about it.
0: It's episode four of the Suits You podcast. So hello, and welcome to the podcast. I'm delighted to have been in conversation with golfer Chris Wood. Chris has just come back from playing several tournaments in the Middle East. And when I caught up with him, he was in his eighth day of isolation after returning. So I asked him how it was going being home again. Can't
1: go out at all. And we've got a... Well, she was two last Monday. And we've got a three-year-old who's going to be four this Saturday um, to entertain for 12 hours a day. Um, But we're doing all right, really. We've sort of discovered drawing. So... (laughs) I saw it on the news the other morning, there's a guy called Draw Along with Rob. So he basically it's an idiot-proof guide to drawing dinosaurs, elephants, um, elves, Santa, all these things. So I thought, well, I'm sure I'll mess it up, but I'm going to have a go at this. So I started doing two or three a day and getting the kids to paint them in. nice! So that's been quite good. And then I cut them out and we've stuck them all up on their walls in their bedrooms. And then, but it's turned into me and Bethany, my wife, at eight o'clock, when we've got an hour to ourselves having competitions. Can we, who can draw the best Paddington? (laughs) And then we're painting them in really carefully. And then we send a picture to like our family WhatsApp group. And they both um, and then say like left or right, who's his best sort of thing.
0: <laughs> so <laughs> who's
1: coming out on top at the moment? I'd say I'm just edging it, I think, but it's quite good. Like oh, we okay. had we had a little bit of sort of music on last night, and just <laughs> having a go at what were we doing last night? We did Peter Rabbit last night. It's actually like half an hour of bliss.
0: <laughs> it's lovely. I
1: love it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so th- this is it. This is it. So you're going to take that around the uh, on tour with you now. Do you know what? I, it crossed my mind last night?
1: I thought I could take... Because we've got like A3 pads of paper to to do it in. And I thought I could fit that in the case. Take a pen. You know, when I'm in my room and you've got an hour, just draw some characters and then bring them all home for the kids. And you've got all sorts. I mean, this morning, I've, I'll show you. You might won't be able to see it on the podcast. But that's my pepper Pig That's pretty good. This morning, yeah.
0: That is pretty... And painted. That's I love it. It is... George and his dinosaur. <laughs> see, that's really good. And all painted in. Beautifully painted. All painted, yeah. Yeah. Oh, my God. So uh,
1: they'll be going up on the wall this
0: afternoon. Oh my God. I can see a whole new thing. Your whole Twitter and Instagram could now be taken over yeah. on tour with Chris with the artist.
1: Yeah, I might send a few out, actually. I've been a bit quiet on there recently, but I might send a few out because it's quite... Good.
0: That, I mean, I think that's a genius idea. I'm going to get on to that. Yeah. Although competition, with, competition <laughs> between, you know, your wife again, that's just dangerous. I and mean, it's just...
1: Mm. <laughs> yeah, it's good. It's,
0: real. it's good fun. Oh, my God. So, I mean, what was... Because I think this has been the longest I think I've ever been in England without going abroad ever in my life that I can generally remember. I mean, what's the world like out there?
1: Well, I mean, the first flight I did was to Cyprus. We had a tournament out there and I'd played three or four in the UK before that. The European Tour did a really good job in getting events staged last year. Nobody knew what was going on. So the first trip abroad I did was to Cyprus and I think Bristol to Cyprus, yep. EasyJet. I think there were about 10 people on the flight. Really? Yeah. And then I've never been there before. It was lovely. So coming back, there was flights being cancelled to Gatwick to you know, Manchester, everywhere. But the Bristol flight was on and it was packed. Oh, was it? And then the last sort of trip I've done has been, like I said, sort of to the Middle East. And that's been extremely frustrating because obviously we're out there. Yeah, you know, I know people can say, well, you're playing golf tournaments, but that's my job. job. Yeah. That's, that's why I do. <laughs> yes, you're living. <laughs> um, so it's essential travel, obviously. The amount of people and couples that you can just blatantly tell have gone for the sun really is really frustrating because while we're away the home secretary announced all direct flights to and from the uae banned red list and it's because people are going out there on holiday posting all these pictures on instagram and it's really frustrating you know that that's not great but the way the tour do it we're in a bubble for the entire tournament so monday to sunday you're in your hotel you might have, you've got the buffet or room service. You're in your cars to the golf course and back. The cars are all sprayed after every single player or caddy have been in them, sanitized, everything like that. Tested on an, on arrival, tested on exit. And what's staggering is our CEO, Keith Pelly. he was out for a few days. We've had over 25,000 tests done since they've started re, replaying. And if you think the amount of travel that's done <laughs> yeah. by hundreds of players, caddies, staff, they've had seven positive tests. That's it. And I thought that was an amazing achievement, really.
0: What I just think the way they've, yeah. you know, like with golf, with crickets, I mean, it's staggering. They've managed to get big groups of people travelling around the world. And as you say, hardly any positive tests. I mean, it's... Yeah, It does show that if you're safe and careful, and it can be controlled.
1: Yeah, and to be fair to everybody, everyone is abiding by it fantastically. There was an instance last year, I think an American player was playing, and he got caught heading back from the course and stopped at a pub for some dinner. So he broke the bubble, the protocol the bubble, and the tour banned him for his following two or three events. So they were like, right... Straight down on it, sort of thing. So everyone abides by it, and it's just the way it is now on tour. It's not too bad. I mean, in, in Dubai, you know we're in your hotel, but you could order Deliveroo okay. to you know to your room. So yeah, you can get a Nando's or a <laughs> stuff like that, which is actually quite nice. And you put something on the telly, and it's actually felt quite normal, really. They drop it all at reception, and you go down and get it. It is, it is fine. it's fine. um It's not too bad. Obviously, it's not the same as meeting three or four other players and saying, should we meet for dinner at seven and going for a steak somewhere else? I mean, it's not the same, yeah. but, you yeah, we're playing, well, so that's the main.
0: Does it feel like it drags? I mean, is it a strange, you know, does the round go on forever? Yeah,
1: <laughs> to be honest, I don't mind that <laughs> there's not many crowds because I've not been playing very well. <laughs> um, so, no, I mean, it's absolutely fine. I know some players, I know Rory's sort of famously come out and said he struggles to fill up for it, and I, I get that. I do understand that. But for me, personally, I'm, I'm quite happy in my own sort of little, little bubble, really. And just trying to do your own thing while you're on the golf course. There's not the same atmosphere. I mean, the biggest thing, I think, is the massive anticlimax of the winning moment yeah. on a Sunday. You know, there's no hugs. There's no big high fives. There's no noise. There's not the atmosphere. Um, well, and, yeah, we are told... No, you're not even allowed to fist bump. Really? You're not even allowed to... Yeah, and it's not the same. You know, it's a massive moment in your career to win a tournament and you just want
0: to... Well, yeah. I mean, it's... You want to
1: celebrate with the people around you. And that
0: walk up the 18th. I mean, that, you know, when the crowd's sort of getting you and you can just be... That must be one of the big... Well, I mean, the memories must be as much made of that as... Winning, I mean, you've there's yeah. the trophy, but you're not doing it for the necessary... Well, obviously, for the trophy and stuff, but it's not... That's not... It's, it's the winning, it's the part, isn't it? So it's... it's
1: yeah. That taking... The away, memories yeah. and the... Yeah, the feelings of the nerves and that sort of thing. But I think that'll still be there because at the end of the day, the tournament is still on the line and that's what matters, really. And, you know, fortunately, you know, it's on the telly and if you are doing well, you the people around you and the people who sort of follow you can still watch. There's no doubt to me. It still it still means exactly the same. Of course.
0: And actually, from someone who watches it as well, I mean, you still you still get into it. Yes, you don't get the yeah. raw, but actually, it's like all yeah. things like watching football, cricket, everything. You sort of do get something.
1: Yeah, I mean, I watched a bit in the states over the weekend because um, Jordan Spieth is started to come yeah. back into a little bit of form, and he's been through a hard time. And I love everything about. Speeth, what he does, the way he talks, his attitude, his approach, his work ethic. I'm genuinely rooting for him, and you know, I, I turn the telly on for an hour both nights to watch him. And it doesn't bother me that there's no crowds there, I just want to watch the golf yeah. and see how he's getting on and try and learn off players like that. It's a bit odd, but I think hopefully by sort of autumn time, we've got uh, I think the BMW PGA in September at Wentworth. I'd like to think we'd be allowed crowds then because yeah you're outdoors
0: yeah. and I don't know hopes, who yeah. knows. Like like all of us. Well, who knows? Yeah. So is that so what's when's when are you next playing?
1: Uh, we've had an event cancelled in Oman oh. because they've had their borders closed for I think two months. So that's not even a bubble sort of environment they're allowing in, which is fair enough. So the next one is Qatar which is in three weeks' okay. time. So Qatar Masters, I won that eight years ago now. But I was looking the other day, we were sort of chatting through booking flights and thinking, right, can I go somewhere on the way for three or four days to do some warm weather practice? Right, Dubai, you know, still red list. Abu Dhabi, you know, still red list. Well, Turkey, Turkey could be a good idea. No, 14 day quarantine (laughs) on your return to the UK. All these, all these things. So it's going
0: to be Bristol. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> the perfect war the perfect warm-up for Qatar, yeah. Similar weather. Yeah, exactly. You know? What are you worried about? <laughs> oh my Exactly. Well well yeah. I'm looking forward to watching you again. Getting out there stuff.
1: Yeah, yeah, so good to get going, and then from till April on, the schedule's yeah. great in Europe. You're listening to the Suits You podcast from Barrington Air, hosted by Tom Wharton.
0: So I suppose we'd better talk about clothing a little bit, really, and, and image. Obviously, you been pro for quite a long time now. I mean, is image quite a big thing as a golfer? Do, do you feel dressing a certain way helps you on the course? Do you find it's a, you know, the people you find, people looking at you the whole time, is it sort of a big thing? Is it part of the sort of mental setup and, and everything?
1: The, the best example I can give to you is, I, I know we've spoken about it before, I was in some clothes and I won't mention the name that's not fair but I was in some clothes that I was really not comfortable in for four or five years and I remember a certain point where uh, I was playing the British Masters at Woburn and this was in 2015 and I was on the first tee and I was playing with Marcel Seam who's a pretty good German player and some people might have heard of Matt Fitzpatrick and Matt was dressed in really smart, like under armor gear, looked immaculate. And even though my R sort of golfing statuses were pretty similar, I felt like a 15 handicap, the way I was dressed compared to Matt. And I said to sort of my management at the time, look, this this has got to end. What, well, yeah, it's just not helping me at all. And that was the point where I really felt this is affecting me because you're walking the fairways, these pristine fairways, people are looking at you, you're trying to be, compete with the best players in the world. You need to look the part. And it's funny, actually, we watched a programme about Jurgen Klopp the other night and he said his very first game in charge was away at Tottenham. And that he was out watching the warm-up and he said he always watches the other team. And Tottenham were immaculate. He said all their warm-up gear fitted perfectly. And he said, our lot... The clothes, they were hanging off them it just didn't look right and he said we're, we're one nil down we haven't kicked the ball yeah. that point I really felt like it was important to do something about it and I signed with Nike the year after who look after you as a, as an athlete incredibly well and make sure that you're in the stuff that fits you and that suits you the range is frightening Like the amount of stuff you get sent is ridiculous like all of my friends who are medium mediums <laughs> are laughing. Um, so, yeah, so I, I do feel like it has a massive effect on me. And
0: do you work with Nike? I mean, can you say no if they give you something and go, you're like, no, no, no. I'm not wearing that.
1: Yeah, you can. Yeah. And, and over, I think this is my fourth year with them now. Over, over that time, they figure out what you'll wear and what you won't. And they'll send a comment with your drop. You know, for your spring drop, they'll say anything you don't like, let me know. Anything you do like, let me know. We'll send more of. But before that, before I met you, this is this is back to twenty probably twenty thirteen. I went to a place in Bristol and had some trousers made for the golf course, and they were yeah nice trousers. And I was playing the US PGA in America, and yes, yeah, one of the four majors, and it's very hot. Yeah, it's 85, 90 degrees. Thursday, day one, I'm on the second green. And I bend down to read a putt and the trousers oh. rip straight up my ass. Gone. And I was like, oh my God. Like, so I ended up playing the next six or seven holes with one of my playing partners. He had his waterproof trousers in the bag. I didn't. So he lent me those. They were obviously too short oh for God. me because I'm six foot six. Meanwhile, my manager was walking around watching. He went back to our, the hotel, into my room, got me a pair of other trousers to finish the round. So I was changing in the sort of <laughs> anyway. That was another example of like what on earth? Like, come on, I've got to do something about oh this. Oh my god! Because and then uh,
0: yeah. Well, lucky you know th- there wasn't much TV coverage of that tournament or anything like that, was there?
1: There were there were pictures, and the Golf Channel picked up on it <laughs> in in the states. Yeah. I think I tweeted a picture of the damage, put it that way. So, yeah, it was quite funny, really. So, hence, I never went back to that, to that
0: shot. <laughs> well, that, that's fine. Met you met you on that side. It worked out well. And exactly, yeah. A bit bad, yeah. in <laughs> 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 Well, I suppose if you're getting your clubs fitted and everything else, I mean, everything has to aid you. I mean, that's the whole point, especially being 6'6", and with very long arms.
1: Yeah, I remember... The importance of it, I remember when I was a junior, you know, 10, 11, 12 years old, laying out my clothes that I was gonna wear for the junior medal the following day. Because of what you're watching on the telly, yeah, you're watching players that look immaculate and yeah, you wanna replicate it. And it does give you that feel of feeling that little bit more special on the golf course and it does lift you. And there's so many variables in golf that to have something like that just, taken care of that you know right I, I'm, I'm good today is a is a big deal you can walk onto the range in front of your hundred other players playing that week and feel like you look one of the best players
0: it's mad isn't it I mean it's a uh, you've got to be focused you're there to play golf and you've got to, you don't want to be sitting there thinking oh my god my shirt's going to pop out or or my trousers are going to split because yeah. then you misread the puck and you don't want to go down far enough and yeah, it's a bit, exactly. accurate, isn't it? And then did you bring that, has that affected your your clothing off the course? I mean, do you feel the image, because you're on the course, you're now thinking about it? I mean, obviously with young children, it's more difficult to be well-dressed because it's protection wear.
1: <laughs> well, you're just covered in paint <laughs> and mud all day, aren't you? Um, no, I mean, when we our mutual friend Mark Powell, he introduced yeah. us, didn't he? When I was after a, a wedding yeah. suit. And really, since that point, I've felt at various times when i feel like i've had a good result or whatever i feel like i really i feel like i want to reward myself with something like a suit and then i got invited to the royal box at wimbledon gave you a call came on up got a suit done it's a lovely thing to do and i've as i've gotten older i really feel like i you know to look in your wardrobe and you've got sort of four or five really nice suits that you can just pick out and they're right for you it is becoming sort of important for me really that. I wish I had more opportunities yeah. to wear them because I'm away a lot and you do miss certain events and sort of waiting on a couple of mates to pop the question to their girlfriends. No girlfriend. pressure, so no we've pressure. <laughs> no yeah, pressure all those sort of things. Um it's certainly become more and more important. And I think you notice it on others that maybe aren't dressed so well. You think, oh, I don't want to look like that. Yeah, you really make the effort. But like you say, the phase I'm at now in my life where you've got like a two and a four year old, especially during lockdown, you just seem really at the moment you're in joggers a lot of the time, joggers in a t-shirt. And the day we can all go out again and make that effort to dress up will be a really special occasion, I think, for everyone. Yeah.
0: Well, I think weirdly it's going to be, well, hopefully people come flooding back, but it's, I think people will change their attitude because... You know they'll have that stuck in their head. Lockdown was sweatpants and t-shirt. I don't want that anymore. Yeah. I don't want to think about lockdown. Yeah. I don't want to be associated. You know associations are huge. I mean, could, do you have yeah. like a favourite top trousers or something you you go to for turn, tournaments on that sort of thing? Not
1: really. I mean, you get golf golf clothing wise. Like I said, you get sent so much stuff, and yeah. they are onto you where you're not allowed to wear. So say we get four or five drops a year of say autumn, summer, spring, winter. Wear all that stuff. Say we get to May, I wouldn't be allowed to wear what they sent me in January. Oh, really? You'd have to wear the other stuff. Yeah. So, there, it's all up to date and different colours
0: and all that stuff.
1: They're quite on top of that, oh, really.
0: Gutting. So you don't have the sort of the old classic. No. You pull on when it's you know here we go. This is it. This is like ah oh.
1: no. no. Hence why. A lot of my friends who play golf look for <laughs> part as well because they've got all the all the cast offs that have been worn three or four I times. I love that.
0: That's when I wish I was taller. Yeah. <laughs> do you imagine yeah. me wearing yeah. one of your tops. I'd it's like a dress. It'd be yeah. ridiculous. <laughs> <I'm> embarrassed <laughs> on that side. But do, I mean, do you have a a favorite club as well? Do I
1: Oh, I've got like a yeah. I mean, my six sign will always be my favorite club because. When I won the Qatar Masters a few years ago, I hit a driver and a six iron into the last hole, par five. And the six iron went to about eight feet from sort of 210. Hold the putt for an eagle to win by a shot. And that was, still to this day, I regard that as the best shot of my career under the circumstances. Yeah, the whole tournament was on the line and water right by the green on the left. And uh, I just hit the purest six iron, never left the pin to eight ten feet and, and knocked it in. It was... That was my first win on the European tour. So that was a pretty special moment. Generally, it's the six signs of the is club. That, yeah. It's
0: funny, is because it? Just it was, I was talking about some mates yesterday when our golf tour had been cancelled for the fourth time you know, since last year. It's like, <laughs> uh, you think you've got a date and then it's gone. You're like, and we're just talk about favourite clubs. And you think, well, what's the one you always go to? to... I just wondered if pros had the same thing like yeah. that, you know, if it was getting to the real nitty gritty. Yeah, definitely do.
1: Definitely do. I mean,. Like I, I'm not a big tinkerer, tinkerer with clubs. I'll, I'll stick with the same same stuff. My putter, for example, I'm married to my putter, really. I love my putter. And This is going back a few years, the 2013 Open at Muirfield. Um, I played lovely and Saturday morning, played nice, not hold a thing. Massively frustrated. So I went into the Callaway truck and I was using a, it's called a yes putter at the time. And I was using that just couldn't see the ball going in. So I went onto the Callaway truck and got an Odyssey made up for Sunday. So I was on the putting green Saturday afternoon practicing with it and my dad was with me and he was like, what are you doing? You put this is the open, to, yeah, you're in the open. Yeah, what what are you doing messing around with your putter? It's hard to explain, you, you, you know, you, you, sometimes you need to look at something different. And basically that putter's been in my bag since then. So like eight years, um, it stuck with me. So it's not like a flash in the pan. Yeah, that would, run the six iron probably a close second Amazing.
0: I suppose it's like we talk talking to people who with their clothing that it's the one suit well hopefully the one you had when you went to the Royal Box it's you put that on and it conveys the image and the sort of thing you need to get your mind set on it must be the same with the club whereas you know bang into that focused yeah I can hit this
1: yeah it, it triggers memories yeah. doesn't it for you and it triggers imagery I think and which is for golf is a massive part of it and you, know, you can picture yourself you open your wardrobe you know what suit will suit yeah. that day and the same when when i came to to see you for it i had an image in my head of how i wanted to look going to wimbledon and came out with with what i wanted and it does it does play a massive role to be in fair,
0: it. if i hit six on 210 i don't think i'd ever play another club in my life i mean like... It's about when my driver gets to, <laughs> it is, isn't it? But,
1: but you'd have you'd have fifty yards to go after <laughs> six. Iron, well, that no, that's true. Yeah, yeah, 50 have yeah 50. That, that is true. Yeah. I did because I
0: was very lucky. It was it was. <laughs> I only realized obviously you see it on TV how far you guys hit. It was the BMW when I caddied for. It was the year after you won because you remember I was there videoing that year. Um, caddied for Vornie. Yeah, you know? and then we were just videoing that time, and the year after I caddied for Roy Lawson. And it was Victor Debuson who was the pro, and just the distance—how much further you guys hit—is yeah. I mean, don't—I don't think you realise until you're up close—and just how effortless it looks, and just the control. I mean, it was—you know—it was—it was—I was, loved it. It was one of the best things ever. Wandering around, just watching the just the control, and him saying—I mean—he's not the most chatty person in the world. In the nicest
1: way. No, we we yeah we're not. Oh, you not?
0: <laughs> oh god, <laughs> um, No, put it that way. No, but he's a good he's a good player. Yeah, but he's he's, he's, he's not player. chatty. Although we did start talking about deep sea fishing, and that got him going a bit,
1: but he couldn't. Well, he lives in Monaco. Yeah, so he I think he's actually quite friendly with Prince Albert, and uh, he'll turn up maybe eight times a year and plays. But just,
0: but plays yeah. well, and then you don't see him. He disappears. He's, he's an odd character. He, was, he didn't but, smile uh, once on the whole the yeah. whole round. He, he wasn't... No. His caddy was quite... He wakes through caddies like wildfire, doesn't he? His caddy was... His caddy did let stuff... Through. Probably, <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. He, I mean, he's got it too impatient at airports on the carousel with the baggage. He's, he's got his suitcase. Oh, his clubs, they're taking too long. Just leaves. <laughs> Just goes. And manufacturers were getting fed up. With building in new set of clubs them. because he was just leaving them at the airport. Oh, God, yeah. so
0: that was the secret. Yeah. If you ever be on a flight with him, yeah. hope it's slightly delayed. Bit of a wait thing. around, get a nice new set of clubs. <laughs> Watch Victor bugger yeah, exactly. off, and then yeah. what well, happens? Thanks, for, thanks very much. <laughs>
1: <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I'll take yeah. you off when yeah. what yeah. flight is on just next time. The carousel.
0: Then. Oh, flying. Oh, that'll be nice <laughs> at some points. But who's the most vain on tour? Who, who, who's the sort of the image? I mean, is there there anybody that has, you know, that you know, they're always going to be, you know, jacket, tie, that's their sort of...
1: I spent quite a bit of time with Darren Clark when I was just out on tour and he was brilliant with me in all sorts of things. And we were in Malaysia one year. We were both asked to go out and play and we were travelling back. We had to stay an extra day, play another Pro-Am on the Monday after the tournament. And We were traveling back in the afternoon, and uh we met in the bar just before we were leaving for our flight and I was probably twenty one twenty two jeans converse you know <laughs> hoodie on sort of one well, hoodie not pleasure, yeah. but t shirt on you know looked like a student <laughs> He came down dressed like james seriously? Bond. seriously i'm not i'm not that's not an exaggeration. He was in the most perfect black suit, black tie, crisp white shirt the most shiny polished shoes. You know, he's flying first class home, but he sort of taught me a lesson really then that it's that image it portrays. And he said he got on a plane once and Ian Woosnam and I can't remember, another player. And Woosie had just won the Masters and he was immaculate, absolutely immaculate. Whatever it may be, a cashmere jumper, whatever it was. And the other player, good player, but didn't look a good player. And he was like, "What? Well, who's won the Masters? Who would you say here has won the Masters?" And it's just from the way that Ian Woosnam was dressed. It was he said, and it sort of taught me a lesson really. That, and when we're doing long flights, you no, know, no one wants to lie down in a suit or a yeah. fitted clothes like that. So I now always travel reasonably well dressed and keep a pair of joggers or shorts in my hand luggage to change on the plane. And then you're comfortable for your ten hours and then you get rechanged to land and that sort of thing. So um I thought that was a really important lesson in, in standards, really, from Darren. Because
0: he was quite instrumental in the clothing for the Ryder Cup you played in as well, wasn't he? It was very much they wanted to up the ante of the clothing. You know, I think it does work. I think the fact if you walk in there and you're looking apart and somebody else is sitting there, you know, if you walked into an interview, like we do and and you're walking in there in the smartest suit and somebody sitting next to you looking a bit of a mess. They're automatically on the back foot.
1: We had, for the Ryder Cup, we had um, fittings. It was an Italian company. I can't Laura remember Piano, the name of it, think, but we it? had fittings. Yeah. That's right. We had fittings eight, ten months before. And it was, they probably fitted 40 players that could potentially play in the team. And um, to be fair, when you walk in your room at the Ryder Cup and everything's hung up in your room... And you try it on, it was fantastic, it fit great, and you do you do feel good. I mean the color schemes could have been a little bit better, I think the year I played, but certainly that feeling of everything 's right here, and even for me really there was no no need for alterations and anything like that. it was just it was just done just, well, done right because that
0: must be one of the only other times you have to wear a lot of smart kit as well because you you had you know because you've got a lot of functions, haven't you
1: I think we had. Two, two suits for the week, shoes. Oh yeah, all that stuff. I've still got it all. Not just because it's it's nice gear, but the yeah. memories, obviously. Obviously, it's not as good um, as
0: Barrington
1: Air, but yeah, it's as close. Not quite. <laughs> no, not quite. That that Wimbledon and wedding suit will be top of the top of the pile. But yeah, so I think they changed that back in the sort of eighties when they sort of realised, look, we're getting battered by America every time we play the Ryder Cup. Something needs to change. So all of a sudden they were flying Concorde and they were dressed apart and results started to started to change. So like we said earlier, it does have a massive influence on your mentality. Well, as pro
0: sportsmen, I mean, you're all, you know, it's such a fine line between you all, between winning and losing that I suppose every tiny little thing can give you that little bit of advantage. Absolutely. Yeah. It's one per cent, isn't it?
1: It's one per cent. It's a big part of it. That's for sure. And, um, even, you know, down my career, if I'm, if I'm not with Nike or whoever's in the golf industry, that sort of side of things, I will always have learned my lesson of four or five years ago when I just hated the way I looked, really.
0: Well, look, I've waffled on for hours and thank you very much for chatting. One thing, which I didn't actually warn you about, so sorry about that, that I asked the last question is what is the best piece of advice you've ever been given?
1: I've always felt like my work ethic's been really good but I've never felt the need to shout about it. And I always feel like I've got a saying in my head, like, work hard in silence. And I mentioned Jordan Spieth earlier. He's, he came out with something a few months ago. He worked, He said he works in the darkness. It's a similar sort of thing. And I just sort of think, just getting your head down and doing your work, the sort of time we live now, people feel like sometimes oh, I've done 100 press-ups. I'm going to put it on Instagram. Well, okay, yeah, fine. I totally get that. And I totally get that side of it. But I'm always sort of the person who will just quietly do your thing and good things will come nice. round.
0: I think it's a, again, a very good bit of advice. Chris, thanks so much. <laughs> Thank you so much indeed for this and, and coming on the old uh, season podcast. Very much looking forward to seeing you for the rest of the, uh, the, the season. Good luck. And um, yeah, speeches in you Thanks, Tom. So thanks so much to Chris Wood. A lovely insight into the life of a pro golfer. Thank you for your company on the podcast. And next week, I'll be in conversation with a doyen of interior design and customer, Lawrence Llewellyn Bowen. The
1: Suits You podcast is the property of Barrington Air. This podcast is produced and edited by Daggers Media
0: Limited.